You know, I'm so um, thankful for that connection we have with the folks that are out back and worshiping with us and the connection we have with the folks online as well. And so welcome, everybody. Hey, at, at Orchard Hills, we want to be a church. We want to be a place where um, people of all, of all different gifts, all different talents, all different abilities, and all different types of special needs aren't just welcomed here, but they're... Um, involved here. They are invested here. They are valued here. They are, they are serving here in the various forms and fashions. And so we're trying to um, really move more in that direction and do a, a better job of, of really in, including folks that might have disabilities or special needs or um, whatever it may be. Because I, I've been convicted, I think we all have special needs, right? Like we all, we all have our issues, right? And so, so often we, we look at other people and we think they're the ones with special needs, but I got special needs. I, Carolyn, do I not have, spe- I have special needs? You know, so I, I think we, we've got a message for you today that's going to speak to that. And I am no expert on the topic, so I, I brought the closest thing I had um, to that, and that is Alan Scott McLucas. And so my son's going to come up here and talk, so come on up here, Alan. Alan has a, a long resume. He uh, was a special ed teacher for a number of years. Then he went and served in Zambia for a couple of years with his wife, Sarah, in a special needs ministry. And uh, he's currently wrapping up a master's, or not a, you already have a master's degree. He's wrapping up his doctorate at the University of Virginia. So uh, all you Hokies fans, you know, the, uh, anyhow, so I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I know you guys have special needs. Yeah. But anyhow, I thought, let me just pray for Alan. And then, then um, Lisa Miles is going to come up and she's going to wrap it up and talk about how we can begin to uh, sort of move that ball forward, if you will. So let's pray. Lord, thanks so much for, for Alan and and just the way that you've touched his heart and you've changed his life and the way that you've um, just spoken to him and the way that you're going to use him to speak to us this morning. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, just, just fill him afresh and speak into him and speak through him. I pray that you would open up our hearts and open up our minds, that you would um, just speak some truth to us, that you would help us to, to see things maybe differently than we've seen them before. Bless him. Bless us. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Dad. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so like he said, my name's Alan McLucas, and I feel really blessed and honored to be able to be here this morning with you all. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you that's here this morning that God chose to bring you here to experience his presence in his word. And I pray that his spirit will speak through you this morning. I love the people of Orchard Hills and I loved being able to be involved in this community for so long. I know many of the people here and I also don't know many of you, but I do count it as a special honor in order to be, be here and talk to you about the importance of including people with disabilities in our churches and in our spaces as active participating members of our communities in our bodies. So like my dad was saying, I have about 10 years or so of experience doing ministry to and with people with disabilities and also working with people with disabilities professionally. And this group of people has had a significant impact on my life and my wife Sarah's life and our life together. And so I count it an honor to be able to discuss about how the church 
can consider including people with disabilities and what the Bible teaches us about people with disabilities and their importance to the body of Christ. Not just their importance, but that they are a necessary member of the body. So disability is a really broad topic, and there's a lot of different nuances that are, go along with that, and a lot of practical ways that that can look in the church. But I'm really going to talk about a kind of a broad overview of disability in the church and why it's important. And also when I'm talking about disabilities, generally I'm talking about people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, or disabilities that tend to exclude people from being a part of society in ways that people without disabilities are not. So the main question that I'm going to try to answer for us this morning that's going to guide this time is, why is disability ministry or inclusion important for the church? So why is this important? Why should we care about this as the church? And my first reason why I think that we should care about this is because Jesus's ministry was primarily to people with disabilities. Now, obviously, Jesus interacted with a lot of people, all different types of people, and he taught and um, ministered to a lot of different folks. But I would argue that Jesus' primary tangible ministry on earth was to people living on the margins of society, in particular, people with disabilities. And so because I'm a researcher and I work in academia, I don't like to just make statements without providing some evidence to back them up, right? So I spent some time looking through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the four books of the Bible that talk about Jesus's ministry on earth. And I pulled out each time I saw Jesus interacting with someone with a disability throughout the Gospels. And I've got those on the screen for you. So we're going to flip through some of those. There are several slides, in fact, of Jesus's interaction with people with disabilities throughout the Bible. He was slacking a little bit in John, but the other times, really, Jesus was getting after it, really, uh, you know, ministering to people with disabilities. But you know what that tells me? It's that the God of the universe, that when God deigned to come to earth in the flesh, the people who he chose to spend a significant amount of his time with were people with disabilities and their families and friends. And that tells me that people with disabilities in the context of the church are valuable, that they're worthy of our time and attention, and that they are important. Because if Jesus spent a significant amount of his time engaging with people with disabilities and restoring them to right relationship with himself and with their communities, then I think that's something that we should value and see as important too. So the first reason why I think disability ministry and inclusion is important for the church to consider is because Jesus did it. Jesus thought it was important. And to me, that's a pretty good reason. Number two, why should we care? The body of Christ is lacking when people with disabilities are not a part of it. So you probably are familiar with this verse from 1 Corinthians 12 that talks about the body of Christ, but it says this, God has placed each part in the body just as he wanted it to be. If all the parts were the same, how could there be a body? As it is, there are many parts, but there is only one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. 
Now, because Jesus is no longer present physically with us on earth, we, the church, the community of believers in Christ, have become the body of Christ in the world. We are the hands and feet that go out to the world to love and serve them in the name of Jesus and to reflect the image of God. And God created each of us uniquely in order to come together as his body with a specific purpose. And it's only when every member of the body is fulfilling their purpose and design that God intended that we can most fully reflect the image of God to the world around us. It's kind of like this. Anybody know what this is? Oh yeah, I heard it outside, the puzzle. So this is a puzzle, right? We got some puzzle fans. Anybody out there like puzzles? Any fans of puzzles? Okay, yeah, I see you. Very nice. So a puzzle, this is one of my favorites, in fact. You know, it's got a bunch of beautiful dogs on there. You know, we got some dog fans in the house, I'm sure. Very nice. So a puzzle is a singular image that's made up of many pieces. And each piece bears part of that image. And when they come together in just the right way, they're able to reflect the image that they were designed to. However, our puzzle fans or other people in the house, have you ever had a puzzle where you got to the end and you realized there were some pieces missing from that puzzle? It's pretty brutal, right? So this happened to me when I was a kid. I had this puzzle that I got as a gift. I was so excited about it. I just thought this thing was the coolest. I was going to glue it up. I was going to put it in a frame and stick it on my wall because I just, I just really love this puzzle. I spent several days working on this, really putting a lot of time and energy into it. And when I got to the end, I put the last piece in its place, and I realized that something horrible had gone wrong, that there was probably five or six pieces missing from this puzzle. And now as an adult, I look back and I say, well, I had three siblings, two dogs, and I left a puzzle on the table for four days. What did I expect was going to happen? But at the time, I was devastated because this puzzle was basically ruined because it no longer reflected the image it was supposed to. It was lacking, and it just wasn't right. I couldn't put this thing on the wall because it just wouldn't be right. And that is the same thing for our church. That's the same way that our church functions. Each one of us, each person in this room, and each person that has ever existed was created with an image, the image of God on your soul. And it's only when all of us come together that we can most fully reflect the image of God because each one of you was created uniquely. Each person who's ever existed is different from every other person, which I just think is so mind-blowing that God created so many people individually and uniquely. He knows you in such a great way, and he designed you with a specific purpose and intent in a way to bear his image and demonstrate that to the world. And it's only when all of us come together that we can most fully represent God to the world around us. But our body is missing pieces. Our body is missing pieces. Oftentimes, people with disabilities get excluded from church. And I think that that is a tragedy because people with disabilities have experiences and views of the world in the way that they experience the world that is different than people without disabilities, and they reflect the image of God in ways that people without disabilities do not. I have friends with disabilities 
that are just the kindest and most gentle people that you'll ever meet, and they are the best of friends. They love and care for their friends better than anyone I've seen. I have people, I, I, I have friends with disabilities that don't have any inhibitions about what other people are going to think about them. They are going to do what they love and pursue their passions and joys that are given to them by God without any qualms or boundaries. I have friends that are honest to a fault, that they're going to tell it like it is right to your face, whether you want to hear it or not. And then I have friends that have a strict sense of right and wrong and will stand up against injustice and for what's right in all the ways that they can and whenever they see it. And these people reflect the image of God in a way that I don't. And I need them in my life. And I think we as the church need them in our body as well. Because without them, our body is missing important pieces. And we are incapable of reflecting the fullness of the image of God as intended. Because our body is lacking when people with disabilities are not a part of it. Number three. People with disabilities are the guests of honor in the kingdom of God. So where are they? Where are they? Jesus taught that people with disabilities hold a special place of honor in the kingdom of God. And one of the things I really love about Jesus and about the Bible is that he was always taking ideas about, the world, about what the world said was important and valuable and turning those things on their heads, right? So the world would say, that the important and valuable people, the people we should aspire to be like, are those that have wealth and power and privilege and authority. But Jesus would say, no, that's not it at all. The ones that we should aspire to be like, the ones that hold a special place of honor in my kingdom, are those who are humble, those that the world would say are less than or would dishonor. If we keep going a little bit in 1 Corinthians 12, it says this. <clears throat> so we finished with the I can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, it's just the opposite. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones we can't do without. The parts that we think are less important, we treat with special honor. The private parts aren't shown, but they're treated with special care. The parts that can be shown don't need special care, but God has put together all the parts of the body, and he has given more honor to the parts that didn't have any. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are the ones that we can't do without. The ones that the world would say are less honorable, less important, are the ones that have a special place of honor in the kingdom of God. And the world does not value the life of people with disabilities in the same way that it values the lives of people without disabilities. Historically, throughout time, you see this all over the Bible and throughout history, the most common treatment for people with disabilities was neglect and exclusion. And it wasn't long ago that in our country, people with disabilities were taken from their families and put into institutions that had horrible living conditions to get them out of the way. Or that as part of the eugenics movement, they were forcibly sterilized because we didn't want them to pass on their inferior genes. 
And you might think, oh, well, you know, things are a lot better today. But we still, in our society today, do not value people with disabilities the same way we value those without. In the United States, you're legally allowed to pay someone with an intellectual disability less than minimum wage. We literally have policies that say that a person's work, a person with a disability's work, is not as valuable as someone without. Or you may have seen several years ago, there was this headline that said, Down syndrome nearly eradicated in Iceland. And the reason for this eradication is because almost every mother that received a positive test for Down syndrome in their prenatal screening terminated that pregnancy. And in the US, that number is something like 67% and is even higher in other Western countries. So to me, it's really clear that the world does not value the life of a person with a disability the same way that they value the life of someone without. But God does. But God does. God not only values the lives of people with disabilities the same way he values you and I, but he has set aside a special seat of honor at his table in the kingdom of God. And I, I just think that we should be doing the same. We should be inviting people with disabilities into our spaces in living together in relationship, providing the dignity and honor that they deserve that they are not receiving from the world around us. And Jesus, I think, would agree because he says in Luke 14 that Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, the people with disabilities, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Inviting people with disabilities and their families into our spaces is good for our souls. It is good for our souls. Not in some way that we pity them or want to help them to make us feel better, but because we need them to be a part of our body in order to best reflect the image of God to one another and to the world around us. We need them, and they are honored guests in the kingdom of God. However, unfortunately, people with disabilities often get excluded from church as well as the world around us. There's research that would suggest that about half of families that have a child with a disability would say that they felt unwelcomed at church or that they did not attend some religious service because they felt like their child was not welcome there. And I think oftentimes that's unintentional. That is something unintentional. I don't think there's anybody in this room or in this church that would go and say to a person with a disability, hey, we don't want you here. But I think oftentimes we, we uh, communicate this unintentionally. So I've got a couple of ex examples of how that can work. I've got this picture on the screen here. And this is a church that I pulled off the internet, so I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody in particular here, just to be clear. But I look at this church, and I see a beautiful church building, somewhere where I would love to go to church, way nicer than the elementary school gym I go to church in in Charlottesville. And I love that place. I would love to go and worship in that building. But imagine if you were somebody that used a wheelchair or had another type of disability that made it difficult for you to walk or just move around in general. What do you see when you look at the entrance to this church? You see two, three giant steps, flights of stairs. 
And what does that communicate to you? That communicates that you're not getting up here or that you're not welcome here or at the very least, you're not thought of and prioritized here. And if you want to come in, we've got an entrance around the back for you. And, then, and there's other ways that we can do this as well. I think a church service is not necessarily the most conducive place to people that might make a lot of noise, might move around regularly, or might have other types of behaviors that are out of the ordinary. So imagine if you are a parent and you have a young child or a child that has a disability and they move around a lot. They can't sit still for a 20 or 30 minute sermon and prayer time and all of that. They might even run away without you even understanding why they're doing that. Is church going to be the most comfortable environment for you? Well, it could be with the right support, but I think oftentimes what happens instead is that you come, you might sit in the back, your child starts to make noise or squirm or move around, and people start to kind of give you this number, kind of look back, check to see what's going on, and then you start to feel bad. You start to think, oh, my child's not wanted here. They're just a distraction. They are, they are taking away from the service and what's happening here. And so then you go home, and you don't go back to church. And I think that kind of experience is really common for people. And it, it sort of points out the fact that caring about disability and including people with disabilities as full participating members of the body of Christ as God intended them to be is not something that's easy all the time. It's not something that you can just stand up from the front and say you think is important. Or it's more than just having a disability ministry that meets once a week in a separate space so that we can feel good about what we're doing. It involves work and it involves effort, and it's a process that takes time. So I attended a conference recently on disability with Lisa Miles and Ginny Estes, who are also there from this church. And at the conference, they shared this image about stages of acceptance of disabilities. And I have that on the screen. This is, the point of this is just to uh, communicate that this is a process. This is something that is not just a one and done. This, you, you come and you talk about it on Sunday, and then you're like, okay, we've got our ministry going on, so we're good. But it takes time, and a lot of it starts with ignorance, right? It starts with not understanding what the issues are, which is why we need people to be communicating those to us, people that have those experiences themselves or people that may understand them in some way. So hopefully, all of us are a little bit less ignorant after this morning. But I'm still ignorant of lots of things. So again, this is something that's not, this is fluid. It's not a linear sorts of thing. But at the end of the day, ultimately, our goal is to be co-laborers with people with disabilities, to be serving alongside one another in entering into real relationships with each other in order to love and serve people and bring honor to God by doing, by acting as the parts of the body just as God created us and gifted each of us, disabled and without, to do. And I'll tell you that it is a beautiful thing when you're able to do that. I've had the opportunity to engage in real relationships with people with disabilities and serve alongside of them, and it is one of the most beautiful experiences that I've ever had. So I hope that for you. I desire that for this church and this body, and I look forward to seeing how God is going to use 
your desire to care for others and to welcome all people to the feet of Jesus to further his kingdom and bring himself glory. So I want to close just with a piece of encouragement for you. I think it's easy to... I don't want anybody to leave this morning and feel bad about themselves or feel like we're not doing enough or you need to just work harder, do more, be better. Because what's beautiful and what's great is that this church is already a place where you're engaging in this work. You're caring for other people and you are inviting people in and welcoming them and making space for all who would come to know Jesus and be a part of this community. And I have an example of that just from my own life of how this church and your willingness to accept others has had a huge impact on just me, a small part of this body. So around 10 years ago, I had my first interaction with disability ministry and in engaging in relationships with people with disabilities. And it's when my mom invited me to come to Young Life Capernaum in this building in one of the classrooms in the back. That was the first time I ever engaged with people with disabilities in a meaningful way, and it set my life on a trajectory that it never would have been on otherwise. God used that moment to bring me all the way to where I am now today. And so it's because of your willingness and your desire to welcome people in to the body of Christ that I am even here this morning. So I want to thank you for that. I'm so excited. I'm thankful for this body, and I can't wait to see what God has in store for all of you. So I'm grateful to be able to be here this morning, and I am going to invite Lisa Miles, the Director of Children's Ministry, in order to come up and close this out. Thank you, Alan. And just to add on another word of encouragement, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine contacted me. She'd been on a Facebook group, and some uh, member of the community was looking for a church that had a good special needs program. And multiple people put Orchard Hills Church. And that is not because we already have an existing amazing program to people with disabilities. But it's because of all of you. Because of your presence in the community, because of how well you love your neighbors, your friends, and your coworkers, and because how welcoming you are on Sunday mornings. So thank you. Thank you that we are a place that welcomes people into our community. But as Alan said, this is going to require some time and some effort and some energy to move from a place of being welcoming to being a place of co-laboring. And so we'd like to start that process, but we need your help. So this morning we have three asks. The first is, would you pray with us? As Alan said, there are a lot of people in our communities, individuals and families, who are not connected to a local church. Maybe they have gone and they have felt unwelcomed, or maybe they had never had the courage to go in the first place. But would you start to pray for them, that the Holy Spirit would heal their hearts, that they would feel encouraged and empowered to come and engage in a community of faith? And would you pray for us that we would have open arms to receive all the individuals that God is going to bring to our church body. And two, would you share? Would you share your stories with us? If you or someone you love is a person who has an intellectual or physical disability, would you share that with us? 
As we begin to shape this ministry, we would like to do so in meaningful ways that provide the supports that are needed. So we need to hear from you so that we can do that properly. And three, we need your support. So one of our first priorities is to create a Sunday morning opportunity to have a buddy and coach program in place. So what this looks like is every individual who would come on a Sunday morning would be able to fully engage in our programming. So whether it's a child who needs a buddy or a special aid to participate in children's ministry, or it's a teen or adult who would need a coach to walk alongside them through the worship experience, or they would like to be involved in volunteering in an area on Sunday morning, and they could use the help of a coach to assist them and be part of that process. And in order to do that, we need your help. Those of you that have some experience or training in these areas, or if you have a heart for this ministry and you can be trained, we would like to connect with you. We will have some people outside after service down front and out back, um, and we would like to gather your information so we can connect with you and get you added to our team. You can also support by giving. As we look around our facilities and we talk about accessibility, we're going to have to make some changes, and we're going to have to buy some resources. So on our Church Give page, there's a new drop-down item that just says special needs. And if you would like to give into that to help fund and offset some of those costs, we would love that as well. We're getting ready to move into a time of prayer. And we're going to have some prayer ministers down front that would love to pray with you. And if you're outside, we'll have some prayer ministers off to the side. And as we pray, I would just ask that you hold up to the Holy Spirit. What piece of the puzzle are you in this picture, in this complete picture of the body of Christ? What is your part? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are the almighty creator of the universe, and yet you uniquely formed us in our mother's wombs that we would have your plan and your purpose and your image imprinted upon us, that each one of us would uniquely reflect your glory. Father, I pray that you would give us hearts to love you well and to serve you in all capacities. I pray that as a church body that we would have a passion to have all of the pieces of the puzzle involved. We thank you for all you have done and all you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, amen.